Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you might be. It's me, your pal, Junkman. Ready to give you a fine edition of Junkman Radio. An exciting fine edition. Matter of fact, my 100th edition. This is my 100th show. uh, Right here at OC Sound Studio in Anaheim, California. My home since day one. My thanks to them. 100 shows, man. Wow. Holy smokes. Glad you can make it. Glad you're supportive. And, man, we're just going to keep the rock coming to you. That's just what my plan is anyway. All this uh, stuff coming from my personal collection to you. I hope you're enjoying everything I do because, man, there's so much. I got interviews. I got just new bands, old bands, all the cool stuff in between. And, uh, again, let's rock. A hundred shows. Thank you for helping me do that. So. I think I should start the show with probably the first song that I played on show number one. My good friends Red 37, who incidentally have taken this music and re-recorded it and re and they have an actual album coming out. You know, when I first played this, it was just something that they had done that nobody could find. Well, pretty soon we're gonna be able to actually have this music and even better. So Crawl My Way Out is the name of this one from Red 37 to start the show. 100. Crank it, baby. It's Junk Band Radio.
I'm Jared James Nichols, and I love Junk Man Radio.
You're listening to The Junkman.
Junkman Radio. Burning it up, baby. <laughs> Show number 100 of Junkman Radio. That, my friends, is giant. Going back to, I guess, late 80s, early 90s. And Time to Burn, the uh, title track of their second album. Uh, giant was uh, Dan and David Huff, two great studio musicians. And uh, some other people along there helping them out. But uh, that one I just love, man. It's just got such a great kind of Van Halen-y vibe to it. If that's a new term, Van Halen-y. <laughs> I started that set out the way I started out my first show with Red 37 and Crawl My Way Out. Uh, you will be hearing new music from them, and we will be having them on the show when that is released. But... Uh, yeah, it's, I'm very excited about that. That's something that you won't hear anywhere else but here. That particular version I started out. I mean, I just, you know, feeling a little, I don't know, something. Because <laughs> that was the first song that I played on my very first Junk Band radio program. It's now, what, three years later. Wow, amazing. What started as an idea has become a reality. So keep that in mind, folks. Talk Show, another great band that I like to open that show, open my shows every now and then with that particular number because it's called Hello, Hello. And Dave Coots on the vocals from 10 Inch Men joining the guys from Stone Temple Pilots, which when Scott Weiland, uh, the late Scott Weiland, was first getting into trouble, they needed a singer to fill in, and that's what they did. They formed that band, Talk Show, and they did that. Mammoth, WVH, a.k.a. Wolfgang Van Halen followed that with his new one, You're to Blame. Every song on that record has been played. Every instrument on that record has been played by Wolfgang Van Halen. And every song I've heard, I love. And, uh, well, let's feel a little Van Halen-y again. (laughs) And I played the full bug, just a groove. That one in Time to Burn from Giant, put those two together, would be, uh, wow, just Groove Central, you know? But, uh, yeah, the full bug from Diver Down, 1981-82. I saw that tour, my first Van Halen show as a California resident at the Forum in Los Angeles on my birthday. And I still am not over that show, how good it was. Just energy and everything you'd ever want in a rock show was that night. I'll never forget it. Uh, South of Eden, I had in between uh, Van Halen and the final song that I played on that set by Giant. South of Eden, uh, Dancing with Fire. This is a band that you're going to be hearing a lot of. A great band, young, energetic band out of Columbus, Ohio. Good guys. And they've got so many different influences that they wear right on their sleeves, man. But, yeah, once things are opening up a little bit, and there actually are already, you know, things are opening up and people are starting to tour. These guys have been playing some live shows, and they're just great guys and a killer band. But, again, South of Eden from their new out or EP called The Talk, which I played the title track before here on Junk Band Radio. But that one right there, Dancing with Fire, was the first single from it. Cool stuff, isn't it? Lots of cool stuff, and that's what we're all about here at Junk Band Radio. Bringing you the newest, the coolest, the oldest, the newest, whatever you want. This one's brand new. This album comes out, uh, I don't know, sometime in June, perhaps. You may, uh, it already may be out by the time you're listening. But uh, <laughs> it's brand new from Buck Cherry. That's right. The new album is called Hellbound. This is the first single. It's called So Hot. 
Brand new from Buck Cherry on Junkman Radio.
Junkman Radio. Oh, man. Love it. From Orange County, California, Social Distortion and California Hustle and Flow. Um, man, those guys used to play next door to where I'm broadcasting, right, for you. A little place called the Doll Hut in Anaheim, California. And, uh, yeah, Social D's played there many times. Unbelievable. Yeah, there is some uh, history rock and roll-wise here in Orange County, contrary to what a lot of people may think. Um, the first band I played right there, Buck Cherry, brand new from them. Their record is called Hellbound. It's out in June. And the song was called So Hot. Um, singer Josh Todd grew up in this area, too, as well. About that. <laughs> Rival Sons from, uh, well, just over the hill in Long Beach, California, and their title track for their Pressure and Time album followed Buck Cherry. Played Dirty Honey. Their brand new record, the Dirty Honey LP, has been released. Every song on it is awesome. That one right there called No Warning. Hope you enjoyed that as much as me. I dug it. Love those guys that I've said it so many times. Just a great band, you know. I just I, I love when bands get it, when they have a hook that you can follow and just get into like a like you used to. You know? There were so many years where it just people took it for granted. Rock and roll is going to have songs with a hook that's going to be played on the radio, and then it just kind of went away. But right now, it is back in full force, and there are a lot of bands out there right now that just get it. Um, um, Dirty Honey being one of them. Another band, great band, cool-sounding records, and a guest on the Junk Band show just uh, recently. Junk Band radio show, I should say. Uh, the Black Moods. And that song was called Bad News. I love that song. And then fo followed that up with Social Distortion. So hope you enjoyed. Speaking of guests on Junk Band Radio, uh, the singer for this band, a lovely bunch of ladies from Sweden, Thunder Mother, visited uh, Junk Band Radio just recently. And off their uh, latest record, this is called Driving in Style. It's written about their producer. So let's rock with Thunder Mother on Junk Man Radio.
Jessica from Thunder Mother here. I just wanted to tell you that I love Junkman Radio.
Junkman Radio, rocking out, baby. That's brand new from Smith Cotton, a.k.a. Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden and Richie Cotton from their Smith Cotton release, Taking My Chances. Great song, isn't it? Man, put those two guitar players together and some magic happens, right? It's amazing what happens these days, man, when you get the right musicians with the right musicians. It's incredible, man. All right, speaking of musicians, man, that was uh, for a lot of the guitar players out there that just like the crunchy guitar. Man, I did uh, started out with new from Thunder Mother. That's right, from their latest album. And uh, Driving in Style. Four lovely ladies from Sweden kicking ass and taking names. Recent visitors to the Junk Band Radio Show, and just very, very cool peeps. And looking forward to seeing them live. Sometime in uh, 2021, I hope. You know, we'll see. Things opening up and little by little. And uh, hopefully new bands added to the lists. We'll see. All right. Again, Thunder Mother. Check them out. Went back in time a little bit with Rev Theory. It's a band I don't think they exist anymore in this particular uh, collaboration but uh, or unit whatever you want to call them. <laughs> I know their singer Rich has left the band, put it that way, uh, Rich Luzzi. And uh, hell yeah, just a great song from Rev Theory. I just like the beat, and I was thinking about that beat when I was playing the Thunder Mother song, so sometimes that happens, you know? I kind of get in this groove, and I say, oh, that'll go good with this. That might go good with this, you know? Give it a shot. Why not? It's my show. <laughs> but I hope you enjoyed that Rev Theory song. I always did. Nice guys, too. I, I got to meet them many, many years ago. And they were really, really cool peeps. And uh, we wish them well in whatever incarnation they're in these days. Our good friend Joe Satriani played Head Rush. And, man, you just cannot but marvel at Joe Satriani's guitar skills. He's just an incredible, incredible player. A new one. From The End Machine, from their second album, Phase 2. The End Machine, of course, features Jeff Pilsen and George Lynch from Dokken. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that one's really cool. It's called Blood and Money, brand new, from The End Machine. And uh, I think you're going to be hearing a lot of that album in the next in the next couple of months. Anyway, getting a nice little push from the publicists and such, and rightly so. It's a great record. Deep Purple, the classic Machine Head from 1972, and Pictures of Home, well, just a great-sounding song. I missed, I, had, I realized I'm looking through my logs I hadn't played any Deep Purple in a while, so I thought I'd go back to that particular classic and play it. Hope you enjoyed it. And again, finished up that set with Smith Cotson, brand new from them, Taking My Chances. Hey, I'm Junk Band. The 100th episode of Junkman Radio you are listening to. How about that? It's incredible. <laughs> I love the fact that we can do this. I hope you're enjoying every, every ounce of it. I got more new music from another classic artist. That's right. Susie Quattro is back. And she's got a brand new record out, and it kicks ass. This is the title track, and it's called The Devil in Me. Brand new from Susie Quattro on Junk Band Radio.
Sam from Red Man's Fleet. I love Jumpman. Jumpman Radio.
Uh, groovy, baby. Absolutely groovy. Junkman Radio. And that's the birds. Going back to about 1965 with Have You Seen Her Face. Always thought that song should have been a lot bigger than it really was, you know? That should have been a big single, a big hit when you think of the birds. That's the one of the songs that you should think about, you know? But, uh, man, such great vocals and instrumentation on that production-wise. I believe that's a Terry Melcher production. Do believe so. Not positive, but just about, you know. But uh, great stuff, man. The Birds were such an inventive band, and I think, you know, if I was just a bit older, it would have been so cool to be in Los Angeles when they were just ruled the clubs. You know, they were the band to see was the Birds, and uh, of course David Crosby and Gene Clark and Roger McGuinn, Chris Hillman. You know. The guys, it just it would have been it would have been just an awesome time. And if you were there, well, you know, only you know. <laughs> it's been written about, it's been talked about, but uh, man, it was just a really really great scene in Los Angeles and San Francisco, California in general, in the 1960s. And uh, well, here we are in the 2020s, talking about it still. It's amazing. All right, before that, Greta Van Fleet. From their latest, In My Way Soon, that's probably my favorite Greta Van Fleet song. Their new album really has gone into a new direction, and it's very cool. It's not getting all the Led Zeppelin comparisons as much as they used to. I think people are pretty much, you know, letting them fly with it. 
which is great. You know, that's what progression is all about. The new one from Seether preceded that with Bruised and Bloodied, one of my favorite rock songs of 2021. Black Smoke Trigger, great band from New Zealand, and Caught in the Undertow. Just a freaking rocker, man. Great song. And I started out the set with the lovely Susie Quattro and her brand new one, The Devil in Me. Isn't that a great one? Man, Susie is really, she's come back with a bang, big time. And, uh, man, she's really got it. I really hope she gets lots of recognition for this because she really deserves it, man. She is one of, she should be on that ballot for the next Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and I think that uh, could have something to do with this particular record. And, you know, it could be timed out just in, just enough to get her, you know, some press. I hope they really put her on the list because, you know, there's so many artists. I, I've compiled a list at home of deserving artists for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that are not in there. And she's right up there near the top of the list. Such an innovator, especially for women in rock, of which there are so many now. Man, it is just, it's great. It's exploding with ladies in rock, and it's such a good thing. Speaking of ladies in rock, on the line, we have a, a good friend to all of us over here, and I'm so glad to be able to speak with her. I have Wendy Dio on the line. How are you, Wendy? Hi, very welcome, and I'm really glad to be with you again. Yes, it's been quite a while. I think uh, I think the last time I saw you was at a Ronnie James Dio event in the Valley where they were giving away a motorcycle at a Harley oh, Davidson right. thing. Yep, yep, and yep. I, I remember Ronnie. showing yep, yep. you the ticket that I had. I had number 666, and I'm like, this is a sign. <laughs> I'm going to win this bike. And the guy that won it was a guy from Boston, and he had two ticket, or two numbers away from mine. And I remember that. I know, I know. And it came in right at the last minute as well. Yes. <laughs> I was like, man, that Harley was mine. 666. This is this has to be. That would have been the greatest news story in God knows how oh, long, yeah, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, maybe we'll do another one later on and you can win that one. <laughs> okay. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, a lot of things going on. And uh, first and foremost, um, Rainbow in the Dark, the autobiography, the book by Ronnie, his his memoirs, uh, and it's now being put out by you and Mick Wall, and it's coming out uh, as of recording uh, tomorrow, July 27th. And uh, tell, us, tell us about this. Yeah. This is exciting news. Well, you know, Ronnie started writing the book, um, and it wasn't in a hurry, but he wanted it out. And he would write a bit and then leave it for a while, and then write a bit and leave it for a while. And um, then uh, when he part, when he was sick, he uh, scribbled a bunch of notes, because he wrote the book up until almost the end of Rainbow. And then uh, he would scribble notes and put different things down that he wanted to remember to put in the book and so on and so forth. But uh, unfortunately, never got to finish it. And so, you know, uh, I had a book deal for Ronnie when he was still alive uh, but then we kind of put it aside and it wasn't the right time and it was hard to go down all those memories and stuff sure. and then uh, Mick Wall kept priding me and priding me you know he knew Ronnie very well he was a journalist in UK and had interviewed him many many times He'd become a friend over the years and uh, he kept priding me and he said you know come on we got to do this so a couple of years ago we decided okay let, let's go for it let's let's start doing it but I wanted it written in, in Ronnie's own words so 
fortunately, Ronnie's mother had scrapbook with every interview Ronnie had ever done, I think. Wow. And we went through a bunch of stuff and, and picked out things that uh, was carrying on with his life during those times. But it was things that Ronnie still said in interviews. We took all that out and put that all together and then memories of mine that came up at that time. So that's how we finished the book. It's going to be terrific. And we hope everyone will like it. Yeah, I'm sure we will because, you know, Ronnie was so honest about everything, as we all know. You know, and, yep. and when he would talk about something, you were the only person in the room that he was talking to. If He was he was that kind of thing. You were one-on-one oh, yeah. one at all times, and he was yep. always so complete. His memory was so sharp, and oh, it, yes. he, he could go into detail about anything. So I can imagine this book is probably quite a few pages because simply because <laughs> just... well, it, it starts in 86 well he he started it because actually he was playing a concert and a journalist asked him the usual question how to get started right and he was going to give the regular usual answer and then he thought how did i get started and so that's why he thought in his mind and then he decided that was what he was going to write his book about. So it starts in, in 1986 when he's just about to go on stage at the Madison Square Garden, which was like the ultimate Absolutely. venue for him. Ultimate Absolutely. venue for him. Yep. He played it before with Sabbath and stuff, but to play it with himself, with his own name up yep. there, that was very, very special to him. And, um, and of course, it has to end there because he's about to go back on stage again. Wow. So, um, but he always intended to write the second part. And he, I, I'm really looking forward to, as all of our, all of his fans are. This is going to be, this is wonderful. It comes at a, at a really good time, and uh, just remembering, I still can't believe that he's been gone 11 years. I know. As of this I know. It's, it's, just... it's, it sometimes it seems like yesterday, and sometimes it seems like such a long time ago. You know, it, it's it's, and there's things that happen that I always want to tell Ronnie, and I think, oh, I can't, but I tell him anyway. You sure. know, like sure. when he got the Grammy, I was like, yeah. So I wish he could have got it during his life. You know, but those the things that you know, different things that come. I go, oh, I wish I could tell him that, or so. Somebody I ran into that I hadn't seen for years, and it's like, oh, Ronnie would like to know that. But then, of course, he's not there. Well, I like to think that he's watching and watching oh, from there. above and below, oh, above and below, from heaven and hell, you know? So he's, he's, he's looking he's, up and he's looking he's, down at the same time. And he's laughing at me doing Absolutely. interviews because sure. he, he did not like doing interviews. He would do them and he was always fine when he did them, but he always gave me a hard time before he did them. He used to, <laughs> one day I said to him, come on, Ronnie, you know, this is a half hour argument. I don't have time. I have to do this. You've got to do these interviews. Why do you always give me a hard time every time? You know you're going to do them and you know you're gonna love it but right. why did you give me a hard time he goes well i have to suffer so you have to suffer <laughs> <laughs> ah, i miss him so i just i miss our conversations that that he yes. would have with me and we would talk about just things not even about music sometimes we would talk Anything. about hockey and beer and baseball and other things that yeah, interested oh, yeah. him and every time i ran into him i will always remember he would stop what he was doing to come over and give me a bro hug you know and we would oh, talk absolutely. even yes, when he had yes, security yes. like saying he's got to be over here he'd say wait i'm not done yet and he would do that exactly. i will always remember that <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he pissed exactly. off a lot of security guys. <laughs> oh, I know. Actually, when he was in Brazil one time, um, he was uh, getting off the plane and the journalists were talking to him and everything. And it was an Australian cat that was crying. And he said, I'm not doing any more, any of your interviews until you get some milk for that cat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, he got a beer for me. I'll, I'll take that as something similar to that, too. And he would, he'd always make sure that I had, like, whenever I saw him, hey, the first thing he would say to me was, can I get you a beer? And I said, yeah, oh, yeah. you can get yeah, me a beer. Yeah. You know, and it yeah. was wonderful. But uh, all was. these details I can't wait to read about because, you know, there's so many things. As a journalist myself, you know, you always think about, God, I wish I would have asked him that. Or, God, I wish yeah, I would have yeah, asked him yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of those questions and things like that will be answered in this, knowing, you know, the way his mind worked and the well, way he yeah. detail-oriented, you know? Well, there's some things in there that surprise me, actually. <laughs> Such as? Can you can you give us a taste, maybe, on Well, I didn't know that he was a naughty boy in stole cars when he was a kid. Oh, that <laughs> may, no that's another thing I have that. in common with him. <laughs> wow that's great and then he was le- you know what he, he, he it's funny I, I grew up on the east coast too i grew up in new york and in connecticut and he was so famous back there before he became famous back there you know with the l oh yeah before elf it was the elves and the and the angry elves yeah, he had a band when he was like 10, I think his first band was or something. <laughs> and people still rave about them. Like old timer, like I had no idea he was in that band. I'm like, yeah. They go, you know, oh, yeah. they yeah, played yeah, around yeah. the Connecticut circuit for like 1968. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That oh, was yeah. him. Yeah. But you would have never known. He had he had such a young mind. It was wonderful. You know? Oh, absolutely. He was, I think they broke the mold when he passed away because he had such an incredible love for human beings. He just loved people. He loved to talk about them. He loved to always make them feel like they were the most important person in the world. Yeah. Because, you know, that's that's how he was. He never ever forgot how where he came from. He was always humble. He never wanted to go do anything. You know, he was like to stay home, wear his sweats, hang out, have his friends over. You know, we mm-hmm. have an English bar in our house that we bought, actually bought from England and brought back over him and put it in. And he that was his favorite thing to do was watch sports and hang out with his friends at home, yep. eat Indian food. He loved Indian food. And such a big friend to British people, such as yourself, you know. Oh yeah, that well, was that he, was... yeah, yeah. Because when he when he was in Elf, um, they did I think five European tours with Deep Purple. So he was in Europe and in England and living in England, living in London at that time, and making records there um, with uh, Roger Glover and Ian Pace. They were producing one of his Elf records, and uh, he got so anglophile and he loved the British humour. And their beer. And all that kind of stuff. And the English beer. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I remember. (laughs) Wow. Uh, It's just, man, it's one of those things that it's like, you know, you're waiting for Christmas Day so you can get your presents. So I'm really looking forward to to reading this particular book. Now, you've got something very special going on on Wednesday, July 28th. You've got a a live signing dot com oh, yes, event. live signing. Yeah, it's uh, premierecollectible.com slash Dio if anyone wants to come on. Um, they pre-buy the book and I will autograph it from and they can ask me a question. Wow. And yeah, I'm sure you've got awesome. answers to just about anything or will, do you think they're going <laughs> to stump you with anything or is, you know, I mean. Well, you know, I'll try. I'll answer. I'm just like Ronnie. I'm as honest as Ronnie. So whatever they want to ask me, I can answer. I can hear it now. Do you know the brand of cars that he was stealing when he was, you know, when I was young? Well, they actually was borrowing them. He wasn't yeah, right. stealing them. He was they borrowing them. Yeah, absolutely. They would go into, um, they would, they found a key or something. They broke into this uh, uh, 
kind of a repair shop place, which I didn't realize. And that's what all the cars were in there to be repaired. And, <laughs> and it was closed for the weekend. So they would borrow them for the weekend and go, I think it was only like 15 or 14 or something like that. It wasn't old enough to drive. I know that. And they would uh, borrow these cars and then I'd bring them back at the weekend, after the weekend. That's terrific. <laughs> it's kind of like a library book. Eventually, they'll do the same thing with a book. You know, well, are you going to return it, or are you going to keep it for yourself? Them. Right? He you know? wasn't. He wasn't stealing. He was just borrowing. Them. Exactly. Exactly. I signed it out. I'm good for it. I wrote, I signed my name on it. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So you could you could pre-order the book again if you don't want to. You can go to premiercollectibles.com uh, slash uh, forward slash do. Yes. Or you can buy this pretty much at where all books are sold, correctly? Yeah, Barnes & Noble, yeah, Amazon. Amazon, or yeah. any of the little bookstores. Ones that are left, there's hardly any left now, which is unfortunate. Same as record record stores. Yeah. I mean, they're pure But the ones between. that are are the good ones. That's all i got to say oh, about that. You know? absolutely. So. Uh, and it's, again, it's with with author Mick Wall, who's who is a friend of Ron's and re- introduced or interviewed him many times. Yeah. And yourself, I mean, I'm sure you guys have really had to add a lot of stuff since then because you guys have been so busy uh, with his memory. I'm sure. Oh, there's... we've been very, very busy. Yeah. And also, there's some lovely photos in the book. Um, I didn't want to put photos that were like, there is a few of the bands and stuff, but I really wanted it to be personal. Fans have seen those band photos over and over again all right. over the place. So it's more personal photos that are in there, which is, it's, I think it's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, again, it comes out tomorrow, as of this recording anyway, uh, July 27th, and the the LiveSigning.com event will be Wednesday, July twenty eighth. And as an added bonus, I was told from your publicist that we're gonna that you're gonna give us a couple of uh, copies of the book to give away too, which is gonna yeah, be awesome. absolutely so. yes, we are absolutely, and I will autograph those as well. Wow, wonderful, even better. Uh, again, it's gonna we'll have the information up on the Candacy.com website. Um, Sooner than later is all I can tell you. I don't know the exact dates when we're going to do it, but they're putting together something right now. So uh, follow that. Get on the website and look around. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it, too, for sure. And, I'll uh, again, right now I'm recording for my junk band radio thing, and this will be up on knac.com as well. And so you can you can hear all this wherever. And uh, we're all, as Ronnie fans, again, we're all really, really looking forward to this. Um what else can you tell us is going on? Tell me about the, you know, are, are we going to be doing any more live events and things like that? Obviously, the the yearly uh, tribute is going on and uh, things like that. You guys did things in the past with his band and other things like that. What else is what else is happening in the in the wonderful well, world of Bo? We haven't been able to do the ride for Ronnie or the bowl for Ronnie, you know, because of uh, of COVID. But next year, hopefully, we'll have the ride for Ronnie and the bowl for Ronnie. Uh, I have a documentary coming out on Ronnie's wow. life. We've been working on that for a couple of years. That comes out next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of reissues coming out from the late record labels. So we'll have some uh, interesting bonus material, some of which have not been released before. And the Dio Band will go out again in, I think, in March. And we are getting together a very, very special show to go along with that. We're not doing the hologram this time. We're doing, it'll be a film of Ronnie, which with very special effects. And I think I've been seeing some of it and it looks really cool. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that. Absolutely. Um, As you should be. That's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, so we have a lot of stuff going on for next year. So, you know, this year, of course, we had, you know, we had the global, um, vis- it was virtual concert that went out um, for Ronnie's birthday on July 10th. And uh, that was really cool. That went all over the world. And, and it was that was fun. And everybody, you know, it was it touches me so much that Ronnie's, you know, friends and, and, and other musicians that, give their time and their talent to every time we ask for something to do something for for Ronnie for the charity they're there they're there it it makes you know it's really heartwarming I can't believe how many people the the stars and and just come come and do something for us and we were so so grateful for that well he was always one of the most beloved people like anybody you ask who is the greatest you know people have asked me who was the nicest rock star who was the guy in the business that you liked them that was the most wonderful to you and it's always ronnie is always at the top of the list always above and beyond anybody that i've ever met in the business. Which is lovely. That's lovely. And yourself as well, too. I mean, I have my Metal Jam charity for autism every year, and you've been so nice to us and and donate things to us every year, and it's been great. I I cannot thank you enough for, for helping us out with that, and I know that uh, autism was something that was very uh, dear to Ronnie's oh, heart as absolutely, well. Absolutely, absolutely. We got to get a cure for that. We absolutely have to get a cure for that. You know, I mean, we, we it, things are coming along better. You know, we're getting different things. You know, as 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 we progress, but you know, there's some of these. Terrible diseases are still around, and yeah. you know we got to get rid of them. We got to spend more money on research and education on sure. it. Well, I mean, with with uh, again, with uh, tell us a little bit about your um, before we go. I know you got a million things to do today, but a little bit about your your organization, uh, the the Stand Up and Shout organization. Can you uh, can you give us a little bit more information about that sure, on what that entails and what you guys yeah. have been doing? I mean, you know, oh, you raise so much money. <laughs> Yeah, well, it started off when Ronnie passed away. Uh, people were sending money in and saying, "What charity do you want to donate to?" and so on and so forth. And I'm always afraid of big charities that always spend so much money on on administration fees and everything. And I was just like, it was like, I don't want to do that. I want to make sure that a kid gives me a dollar, it goes to where it's supposed to go. And so, 14 board members I have now, which are all mostly friends of Ronnie's that he's been friends with for over 30 years and we're all volunteers and we run it we meet usually once a month and go over everything and do as much fundraising as we can we, we've raised oh God, almost almost three million dollars now That's wonderful. and you know we've given money to TJ Martel uh, to um, Vanderbilt Hospital to MD Anderson where Ronnie was treated and now we're we're sponsoring our Dr. W- uh, Dr. Wong at UCLA about saliva test that he coming up with that can be very early detection uh so because women are good at getting checked men you got to drag them there they don't want to go <laughs> don't want the they don't want the finger up the butt you know <laughs> uh and so he's developing this uh swab that would just be swab inside your mouth wow. so you know there will be no excuse for men to go and get this swab done just to see early detection and you know early detection saves lives if we'd have known earlier that ronnie had stomach cancer which is like stomach cancer and pancreatic cancers are cancers that that you don't know until it's too late exactly there's not that many signs but if we get this swab happening then you get early detection we could get rid of these things and get rid of it 
Yep. So that's sort of working on with that. And then obviously we do the ride for Ronnie every year, which is a holiday with some ride uh, that usually goes from Glendale to uh, Los Encinas Park. And we have a concert there. And then we do Bowl for Ronnie uh, at Pins in uh, Studio City. And that's unbelievable. That's sold out totally before it goes on sale yep. uh, because it's celebrity bowling. You're bowling with every celebrity you can possibly think of. <laughs> Jack Black has graced us so many times. You know, Dave Grohl, you, you name it. They're yep. there. Tom Morello has his own ball. You know, it, it's just – it's John Five. All these people are always there, and, and it's just a fun thing. A fun night raises money for cancer. Yep. So that's basically what we've been very busy doing. I'm wondering what he would have thought about about the pandemic and things like that, too, How on what he would have done to, to get people aware of either getting vaccinated or just staying, you know – doing the things that you're supposed to do. I, I, I just, I, I, I'm wondering now about his thoughts and what it would have been and, yeah, and how he would have sure, conducted yeah. himself. Cause you know what? He was all about the live band and a live, yeah. live this yeah, and live yeah, that when there's yeah. no live music, you know, I know. what I would know. he, what I would know. he have been doing? You know? And, uh, Crying probably, <laughs> <laughs> drinking a lot more beer and sitting at home watching drinking more sports. More beer yeah. And yeah. Crying, I don't know. I don't know if he could have handled that. You know, it's funny because a uh, journalist asked me today, "What what do you think Ronnie would be doing if he was living now?" And I said, "Well, he'd still be performing and writing, uh, but I think he probably would have been doing some producing for younger bands as well." Yep. Yep, absolutely. He was, and he had, obviously would have finished Magic at one, uh, two, and three because that was sure. his dream. For sure, for sure. And throwing throwing out the devil horns to people at all times too. Knuckles <laughs> out, by the way. You know, doesn't it make you angry when you see people when they've got the knuckles, they have them backwards and the knuckles are facing themselves? I'm like, oh, they're trying. They're, oh, trying. they're trying, but I keep telling them, look, this is according to Ronnie. That's word. That's his grandmother's thing. You're you're you're, you're giving yourself the evil. You know, you're warding off your own self instead of that. You know? Exactly. Like, you know, you're supposed to be warding off the evil. Wendy, I cannot thank you enough for being able to speak with us and doing this. All the great work that you've done. Um, it's just, you know, as a fan and as, a, you know, I consider myself a friend. And all of us, just uh, just we cannot thank you enough for doing what you do and uh, for being by Ronnie's side the whole time and just, you know. Well, you know, I, I, I can't thank you enough for supporting and always supporting being there. We sure. couldn't do it without people like you. We absolutely couldn't, you know. And my thing is to keep Ronnie's music and his memory alive as long as I possibly can. And you help me so much. Well, we do what we can, you know what I'm saying? Again, the book is called Rainbow in the Dark. And the autobiography, and it's now available. Uh, actually, starting tomorrow, July twenty seventh, uh, permuted permuted press in the USA. I guess it is, and uh, that's right. You mm-hmm. can find mm-hmm. it, and it's going to be a great read. I look forward to seeing. It. And again, uh, Wendy will be doing to, uh, on the twenty eighth, which is Wednesday, a live signing dot com uh, event where uh, she's going to be answering questions and. Uh, for those who have pre-ordered the book in advance. And uh, again, um, anything else you want to add to that, Wendy? I mean, is there anything that we might have left out? 
I don't think so. They would cover mostly everything. Um, All right. You know, well, um, I've got my band touring next year. The Dio band will be touring again. Excellent. Um, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I mean, we got things happening, and um, I'm just. I hope the book. I hope the fans like the book. It was written for the fans, and so I hope they like it. And uh, yeah. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Hang on the line for just a moment. Again, uh, Wendy, thank you for, for speaking with us here. And thank you so much, Duncan. I really appreciate it. You take care. Bye. 
Junkman Radio and Heaven and Hell, featuring, of course, late great Ronnie James Dio on the vocals and the Bible Black. That's right. Uh, that's the last thing that he did in his lifetime. Last live uh, recording with a band, uh, the Heaven and Hell album. And uh, again, the, my thanks to Wendy Dio for for speaking with us here, and Rainbow in the Dark, the autobiography, letting us all know about that. And again, we're going to be uh, we're going to be giving away some copies of that. So stay tuned to knc.com about that, and uh, we'll let you know what's happening. Uh, again, my thanks to Wendy for calling in and speaking with us. Right now, I'm going to salute the sponsors. That's right, one of the sponsors that I love to salute each and every show is our good friends at VintageRock.com. VintageRock.com is a great website featuring all things vintage and rock. New, old, everything you hear, you know, basically, (laughs) that I've played. Old and new and everything in between and a lot more. They uh, have a great website uh, dedicated to that. Articles and um, reviews and lots of stuff. I'm a big contributor to that, and they, in turn, give me some music to play for you guys, so which is great. And uh, what I like to do is each and every show, salute them with what I call the VintageRock.com six-pack. Six songs of a particular artist or a genre. And today I was thinking about this band just because, you know, I was reading a social media post and somebody out of the blue just said, wow, these guys just really kick ass. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. By the way, they have a new one. Have you heard it? And they hadn't, and they're just like, wow, this is great. You know, they've had some member changes over the years of, you know, you're around for 40 years and that's what's going to happen. But I'm talking about the band Kansas. Kansas uh, burst on the scene around 1974, 75 and uh, blew people's minds because, you know, they had keyboards, they had violins, they had this progressive rock and they had these great vocals and great drumming and just everything in between, and it was so cool. I got to see them very early on, and I was blown away. And they, I, they just became a staple of my my high school um, listening, you know, the records. And uh, a lot of other people's as well, too. They had some hits. And we're going to start out with probably their biggest one. I'm going to play six songs in a row, a VintageRock.com six-pack, and the featured artist is Kansas. So kick back, crank up the... Stereo hi-fi system there, pal. And groove on some Kansas is a vintage rock.com six pack. Hit it, boys. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.
Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher
VintageRock.com Six-Pack 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 Six-Pack
Junkman Radio, wrapping up a VintageRock.com six-pack, six songs from the band Kansas. That one right there is their latest, Throwing Mountains, from their 2020 album, The Absence of Presence, featuring Ronnie Platt, their lead singer. He does such a great job. Man, they've reformed that band and kept some old, kept some new, or brought some new, and it just, it works, man. It's just great. It's everything that uh, you would love about that particular band, all updated, you know? It's nice. All right, let's see what we did. We started out with the big hit, Carry On Wayward Son, uh, from 1976, Left Overture. Huge, huge hit album. Um, I was in high school when that came out, and, man, it was everywhere, all over the radio, everywhere you you go to a party, you're hearing that. And you could still hear it, you know. People have just, you know, loved, loved, loved that band. The original lead singer, um, Steve Walsh, and their original guitar player, Carrie Livgren, were in the band at the time. And really were just on a roll, you know. Uh, from the Point of No Return album, which was 77, I think, 1977, 78. And Portrait, He Knew. That was the second one that I, that I played. And uh, that's a beefed-up version of it, too, a remixed version of it they did a few years ago where you can actually hear the drums and cymbals because <laughs> the original version of it, they were way back in the mix, and now they're right up front, and I just love listening to that version of it because you can hear, hear how just smooth of a drummer that Phil Ehart is, who's basically leading the band these days. You know, he's, he's definitely a band leader. He's amazing. Uh, Icarus, Born on Wings of Steel from 1975's Mask album. And uh, that was a favorite of mine for a very, very, very long time. Uh, that was right around the time that I first saw that band in concert. And uh, wow, <laughs> what a band. 
I saw them maybe a year after they came out, around 1976. And, uh, wow, incredible. Uh, the band kind of regrouped when Steve Walsh left the band in 1984, and they hired John Elefante and put out a song called Fight Fire with Fire, which I have on the Greatest Hits album. I'm not really remembering whether they did a full album with John Elefante or not. I'm pretty sure they did, but he wasn't in the band for very long. But Fight Fire with Fire, it's just a great song. I like it. Very 80s drums on it, but, you know, everything was (laughs) beefed up in that style back then. It's just a cool-sounding song. What's on my mind? Again, from Left Overture, and uh, just a great, great song, man. I mean, what else can you say? about this stuff other than it's great progressive rock music. You know, they were a band from the middle of the country and they had their they toured a lot and people were just, you know, fanatics about these guys. Um yeah, what's on my mind was the name of that one. And then again, Throwing Mountains from uh their Absence of Presence album, their latest, which is such a good record, man. I mean I had it in I believe my junk band um, radio top 10 or 20 albums that I did and uh, last year, and that was right up near the top. But a terrific, terrific record. So, again, VintageRock.com, your one-stop shopping for vintage and rock everything. <laughs> they cover a lot of ground. Uh, go visit it, the website there, you know, check it out. But again, a VintageRock.com six-pack. I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, another band from the Midwest that just keeps coming and coming and coming and coming out with great records. This is their brand new one. That's right, In Another World, the name of the album, and this is Cheap Trick. Boys and Girls and Rock and Roll. A couple things I can identify with right there. Crank it up right here on Junk Band Radio.
If you want it, you can have it. But you gotta learn to reach out there and grab it. Cause
with me? I'm asking nicely. I scrubbed your boudoir. Now fit for a queen. I took the car in, paid the mechanic for doodle with me. Come on and let me have it. Junk Band Radio and Marshall Crenshaw going way, way back to the 80s with uh, Cynical Girl, the name of that one. 
Marshall's got so many great songs. It's just he's such a great artist, great singer, guitar player, vocalist. You know, um, I'm sorry, um, writer. Got everything, you know. And right now he's actually been uh, he's been the lead singer for the Smithereens, taking over um, for them and helping them out while they were, you know, still mourning the loss of uh, their original singer Pat Denisio. And Marshall has been awesome, you know, singing in front of the band, you know. So looking forward to seeing them again getting out on the road. And hopefully, you know what, I would love to see Marshall do some more solo material as well, you know, because he's just got so much great stuff. But uh, wrapping up that set of really cool music, man, I hope you enjoyed that. I had Cheap Trick started things out from their brand new one, In Another World, and Boys and Girls and Rock and Roll. Great song. Man, Weezer followed them with Photograph. I was just talking about that song the other day. And uh, just what a great song and what a great band Weezer is, you know? You never think, you know? It sounded like, all right, another punk band or whatever. Those guys are just really talented. Great songwriters and musicians. Cherie Curry and What Do All the People Know, the old hit from the Monroes from the early 80s, but it's on her latest record. And uh, she does a damn fine job of it. Nice job there, my friend. She kicks ass. And uh, just very, very, very cool stuff from Cherie. Green Day, going back a number of years for them. And Redundant, cool power pop song. Just good stuff, man. Green Day, just, again, I can't say enough good things about them because they're just such a great band. Uh, The Licorice Quartet. From their latest and Fadoodle. Isn't that fun? Just a very, very fun song to listen to from some great guys that, uh, you know, again, um, they were from the band Jellyfish. If you're familiar and a big fan of Jellyfish like I am, um, three of the members got together and formed the Licorice Quartet after that. Uh, many, many years after the band had broken up, after the Jellyfish band had broken up. And it's so good to hear them playing together. Roger Joseph Banning, who was a visitor to the Junkman Radio Show, and Eric Dover and Tim Smith. And again, it finished up with Marshall Crenshaw. All right, I'm Junkman again. Oh, man, I want to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you enjoyed everything I do. I've got a lot more to come. This was our 100th show, and it really means a lot to me for 100 shows in the last couple of years. It just, you know, it's just so much fun to be able to know that I can play music that you guys enjoy and turn you on to all kinds of new things like I love to do and bring you interviews and tidbits and whatever you want to know about bands, old and new and everything in between, and I will continue to do so. I will leave you today with one of my heroes, Carmine Apiece, who's a drummer for Vanilla Fudge and Rod Stewart and a lot of other bands including this band that he had formed in the 70s called Cactus. And he's reformed Cactus, and they have a brand-new record out. And this is from it. This is called Tightrope from Cactus, brand-new from them. I'll see you next time. Keep listening to Junkman Radio. Tell all your friends about it because we want to get as many people listening as possible, obviously. And let me know. You can always find me at junkbandradio at gmail.com. Let me know what you want. 
But groove on this. Brand new cactus featuring Carmine on the drums. Tightrope. It's Junk Band Radio.
Yeah. 
Ladies and gentlemen, 